Is the Oklahoma Sooners 2024 football schedule actually that difficult? We'll discuss it on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KRF Sports app. And Josh, the question of the day, spurned by 1247 Sports Brad Crawford, uh, he ranked the Oklahoma Sooners schedule for 2024 the second most difficult in the nation coming in just behind the Florida Gators at number one. So Josh, how difficult is the Oklahoma Sooners schedule for 2024? I think it's yes. Uh, incredibly challenging. It's obviously the most difficult schedule that Oklahoma's faced in a number of years, top to bottom. Now it, uh, it doesn't have that marquee uh, non-conference opponent that we've seen from Oklahoma in the past within Ohio State, a la Notre Dame, and others uh, over the course of the years. But, uh, you know, Houston, no slouch, Tulane, uh, improved program. So th those are a couple of good football teams to pair with Temple and obviously Maine. But it's the, the meat and potatoes of it, right? It's the SEC of the schedule. And the SEC scheduler said, welcome to the big boys league, Oklahoma. And they gave them a schedule that looks incredibly daunting. We uh, we ran it down the other day, Brett McMurphy's way too early top 25 and just uh, using his as an example. Oklahoma, I think probably most anywhere you look on a way too early top 25, uh, the eventual preseason top 25, Oklahoma's going to have six ranked opponents on that. And oh, by the way, Auburn, South Carolina, those, uh, you know, Auburn especially, is it going to shock you if Auburn's improved from this past season, uh, this next year? I, I think that that's a program that obviously values winning at the very least, right? And there's going to be some serious pressure for them to be improved. Now, whether they are, in fact, uh, much improved, that remains to be seen. But those are the worst teams on your schedule out of, uh, out of league play. Everybody else, John, is ranked, and a lot of those foes are top 15 type teams, at least going in. Yeah, if you look at what it is just on the surface, I mean, yeah, it looks really, really tough. At the same time, I look at some of these games. Okay, that Alabama game, it takes on a different complexion. Yes, Kalen DeBoer is a great head coach. He's proven it at this point at two different stops, and now is going to get the chance to do it with Alabama. But they've lost a lot of dudes through the transfer portal. Yes, they're going to have Jalen Milrow. They'll have a lot of their stars back, but they're also losing some impact players. Caden Proctor, a freshman All-American. Caleb Downs, uh, an all, a freshman All-American safety. Two really, really good players that aren't going to be a part of that depth chart moving forward. So I'm, I'm not as shook by that game as I might have been this time a year ago when you, or maybe, sorry, a month ago when you found out that Alabama was officially going to be on your schedule and when it was going to be. 
the Tennessee game, I mean, that's going to be a tough one, but they're breaking in a new fresh, you know, a new starting quarterback as well, a very talented one in Nico Ayamaleva. But again, they're breaking in a new quarterback, just like you're breaking in a new quarterback. So to me, that doesn't necessarily rattle me one way or the other. Ole Miss, that's probably to me the most daunting team that you're going to have to face. And then obviously that road trip to Baton Rouge to face the LSU Tigers, that's going to be tough. But I don't think that they're necessarily going to be as good as they were this past year because they lose Jaden Daniels. They lose a pair of thousand yard receivers. They lose a thousand yard rusher. That defense wasn't good last year. Are they going to be able to make significant enough, you know, turnaround year to year for them to be better defensively and so good defensively that it makes up for their offensive shortcomings? I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, Tulane's been a team that's kind of risen the ranks in the AAC. At the same time, they lost Willie Fritz, their head coach, to Houston. They lost Michael Pratt, their quarterback, to the NFL. So they're going to have some turnover. Houston, obviously, getting Willie Fritz, that's a bump for them. But they're going to be a team in transition as well. There's a lot of teams in transition on this schedule, again, aside from Ole Miss. You, I think your point was, was solid on Auburn. I think that's going to be a, a sneaky test. Again, going to Auburn, going to play in Alabama, against a team that's going to have a very, very big crowd, regardless of what their record is at the time. They're going to be excited to knock Oklahoma off. But I really like what Josh Pate had to say uh, just the other day on his show where he talked about Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC. Okay, everybody's talking about the inverse and how it's going to affect Oklahoma and Texas, and are they going to be ready? Are they going to be ready to face the challenges, the tough tests week to week? But then he turned turned the argument on its head a little bit and said, well, have people considered the, the, the idea that maybe Oklahoma and Texas is going to knock everybody else down a peg or two, that their seat at the table isn't going to be the same one now because you bring in a couple blue blood programs. And I think, I think that's fair to say, yeah, Oklahoma is going to have some turnover on the offensive line and at quarterback, but man, I look at the schedule and I'm not going to say it's easy, but to me, it feels less daunting today than it did when it first came out especially based on the nick saban news and the aftermath a lot of which you touched on since the amount of transfers with the caden proctor news and i don't know if there was or is a name since that's jumped into the portal but that's eight guys and i want to say according to the rankings i was looking at seven out of eight guys that were regarded as blue chip transfers into the portal just since Nick Saban made his announcement. And, and that doesn't include high school flips, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there's no doubt that the, uh, the roster is it's radically shifting for Alabama in conjunction with you. Look, you just lost arguably the greatest head coach of all time. So yeah, the end of the schedule here, suddenly it's it's not as challenging as we thought it was going to be, namely with Alabama in Norman, though I still think Alabama's it's Alabama, right? And there's a lot of guys on that roster, regardless of if these numbers keep going. It's still a talented roster and it's a proud program in Alabama with a coach in Kalen DeBoer that wants to wants to make a statement that look, what I did at uh, Fresno State, what I did at Washington, and now at Alabama, this isn't just magically the uh uh, bottom's going to fall out on the Crimson Tide. I'm going to keep this thing going. So there will be pride involved there. And again, it's still a talented roster, but it there there are you know there is writing on the wall a little bit here that it's not going to be the same Bama at least initially 
for uh, Kalen DeBoer. So that has gotten easier. I agree with what you said about LSU. Without Jaden Daniels, the quarterback situation doesn't feel particularly settled for LSU. So that's it. Now that's probably going to be Death Valley into the season. Uh, you know, hopefully you're talking about a trip to the SEC championship game, those types of stakes being on the line. So it'll be a tough environment for Oklahoma, but I don't think it's the best quarterback situation probably you're going to face. So each of those two aren't as daunting as they could have been. But look, just in totality, it's a tough schedule. If I'm saying that those aren't as difficult as the they could have been, they're still probably more difficult on paper than really anything outside of Texas that Oklahoma faced this past season. That's sort of the reality of it, right? And then you, you still got to mix in the road trip to Missouri and, and Ole Miss. So I think the importance for Oklahoma, like this past season, but now because of what the – just the totality of all of it is, man, the importance for Oklahoma to beat Tennessee at home, get off to a good start, go to Auburn, a program that's still perceived to be – in that lower third of the SEC right now to go win that rogue game, stack one, because who knows, the way this is kind of shaping up, is Texas the best team on Oklahoma's schedule again? May very well could be, and every year that's going to be the toughest game, no matter if Texas is really, really good or if they're an average program. I mean, we've seen it year after year, whether they're a great team or not, that's going to be a tough game for Oklahoma. And then you mentioned Missouri. I mean, Brady Cook, Luther Burden, that might be one of the better quarterback wide receiver combos in the nation next year. And I mean, that's going to be a tough game. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and throw a ton of shine on Mizzou, but I feel like they're a team that may be for real next year. We'll see. I mean, they, they're going to have to answer some questions, got to figure out their defensive coordinator situation and, and make sure they don't miss a beat because that defense is pretty good. They only allowed 20 points per game this year, and that's going to win you a lot of football games if you're able to do that. A guy that helped win a lot of football games for the Oklahoma Sooners, freshman All-American. We'll talk about him coming up here on Locked On Sooners. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move that I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, for Brent Venables, it was moving from Ted Roof to Zach Alley to take the Oklahoma Sooners to the next level in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. With LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, 
quick and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. The Oklahoma Sooners had a number of players win postseason awards. Billy Bowman, Danny Stutzman, Dylan Gabriel, now an Oregon Duck. But another one, Nick Anderson, was named to the Football Writers Association of America's freshman All-American team. And I feel like it's 100% deserving. The dude had a phenomenal year. Who knows what this team would be without his ascension. Uh, in his first real significant playing, really his only playing time, really. Uh, I mean, he played maybe a few snaps here or there in 2022, but the dude just like came on the scene and then broke out. He did not even need much of a runway. He just took off. It's uh, funny when you think back, we said one of the two, if Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson talking about the, the off season going into 2023, if one of the two could give you, High-level production, Oklahoma was going to be in a pretty good spot with its pass catchers, its wide receivers. And uh, really, you got nice contributions, sizable, sizable contribution from Nick Anderson, hence the freshman All-American honor, right? Uh, but you also got a solid contribution from Jaden Gibson as well. Don't want to slide him, 14 grabs, 375 yards. But uh, Anderson, man, was incredibly special obviously he set the Oklahoma freshman record for touchdowns with 10 he averaged 21 uh, yards per catch 798 uh, yards on 38 grabs so he had a spectacular season and did it in big moments when you think back to the catch uh, versus Texas and I'm sure that there's others that you could point out along the way too John but it makes you feel like Oklahoma is in a totally different situation even minus a Drake Stoops going into next season with Anderson obviously back, Gibson back, Andrew Anthony, you assume and hope that the rehab process will go swimmingly. There's somebody that uh, his 429 receiving yards, that was tops, right? That was your leading receiver before uh, he got hurt. So he's back, Farouk's decision uh, as well. And then the young guys that uh, you hope will make leaps a la we saw from Nick Anderson, Jacquez Petaway, and uh, plenty of others, plus the the signing class, Kearney, and uh, uh, Reagans is a name to be excited about, Daniels, I mean, on and on and on, right? Oklahoma's in a totally different world going into this season uh, with its wide receivers in no small part because, well, they found an NFL guy, it looks like, in Nick Anderson. Yeah, they absolutely did, but it's also a credit to the job that Emmett Jones did. And just one more note on Jaden Gibson. You mentioned his 14 catches. We had five touchdowns, and that was third on the team in receiving touchdowns. He, he had a touchdown catch more than 33% of the time that he got the ball. Just absolutely nuts. And, I mean, it's it's cool to see the emergence of them because, again, a year ago this time, we were kind of concerned about the wide receiver position. We were wondering, okay, where's the production going to come from losing Marvin Mims to the NFL, losing Theo Weiss to the transfer portal. Yes. You had Drake Stoops coming back, but I mean, 2023 was the big breakout for Drake Stoops. He'd been a, a solid wide receiver. He put up some good numbers for you, but he hadn't been a guy that could go be a big 12 first team wide receiver yet, but he had that in 2023. Well, everybody ascended, everybody raised their level of play this offseason 
going into the season, Nick Anderson being one of them. Again, we saw, I, I mentioned it. He didn't need a runway. He just got on the field and just took off and had a big, big season. Now, obviously he got more and more playing time because Angela Anthony went down, but he looked up to the task and yeah, he had some miscues. He's a redshirt freshman. He didn't play a ton his true freshman year. So a lot of learning opportunities for him, but I expect the ascension to continue. Now, will he be one of these 1300 receiving yard guys? I don't know, but it would not surprise me to see him go back and double up on his double digit touchdown numbers. But if we're looking at somebody who could be a freshman All-American for you next year, Josh, it could be a true freshman. Let's start with this. Who's a guy that was a true freshman in 2023, regardless of position that you think could end up as a freshman All-American in 2024? Well, obviously they, they would have had to have redshirted. Yeah. Right. So the first name that would come to mind for me is I just have kind of always been a big believer that Jacquez Petaway before it's all said and done is going to be a big time factor for Oklahoma. But I think he'll be a sophomore. Will he not? I'd have to go look at his snaps and snap totals. Well, that would be, if I can use that one, that would be the first name for me that I think comes to mind. You're looking for uh, again, a new slot guy, right? Now you've got Freeman coming back. But uh, Drake Stoops moves on. So he would be, I think, a natural choice to see an increased workload this next season. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting name. Uh, you know, I think Heath Ozida is one of those names that you kind of look at. I know a lot of people are really excited about his potential and you still have some offensive line uh, things to solve. Um you could look at a guy like Makari Vickers, you know, a very physical specimen, somebody who's got a lot of athleticism to him. Could be a guy that that steps up. Um, but what about the true freshmen that are coming in in the 2024 signing class? Any of those guys, do you think? Now, I know that the easy answer is going to be David Stone, but is there somebody other than maybe David Stone that you think could come in and be a freshman All-American? Well, first off, I got to sit and think about who I think could be a freshman All-American from the 23 class now next season, because I thought we were talking strictly wide receivers. So that opens up a whole new range of, uh, of uh-huh. uh, options. So that, that will be, uh, we should, we should revisit that at some point. Jaden Jackson, I think the duo with David Stone, uh, to me, I think it's a slam dunk. Those two guys will play significant snaps next season because a uh, defensive tackle is an area. I think this team can improve John and B I just think those guys are really, really good. And I think they work really, really well together as evidenced by, uh, I don't know, flip on a highlight tape or flip on uh, an All-American game with those two guys. So I think Jaden Jackson to me is uh, an obvious choice. Wide receiver, just by nature of the position, I feel like I say this uh, a lot, but you can come in and catch the football straight away. If you can just learn what your route combinations are and a little bit of your blocking responsibilities here and there and just go be explosive after the catch, then you're going to have a chance. And so uh, I think that uh, Reagans will have a chance, and I think probably Kearney will have a chance to factor in a wide receiver for Oklahoma. And obviously Tatum, right, at at running back. Yeah. Yeah, one more name I'm going to throw at you. and I I don't know what his eligibility status will be, uh, but Caden Helms a guy that redshirted as a freshman, the injury cost him his second year in Norman. Could he get a medical redshirt and still technically be a freshman in 2024? Who knows? But the athleticism is there. The playmaking ability is there. The opportunity is there 
uh, Davin Mitchell, another tight end, where the opportunity will be there to make an impact for the Oklahoma Sooners. So a lot of intriguing young players that could come in and, and do something similar to Nick Anderson, uh, maybe not as a not not some of the true freshmen, but there are opportunities for some of the true freshmen. David Stone, Jaden Jackson, Davin Mitchell. You know, you look at a guy uh, that plays along the offensive line, maybe an Eddie Pierre Louis or a Eugene Brooks can come in and carve out a role that earns them one of those uh, uh, those honors, those prestigious freshman All American honors. We'll see a lot of exciting guys to watch and follow as winter workouts are around the corner. Spring football is probably just a month or two away. I mean, we're, we're not long April 20 spring game. So we're going to get, be hitting the ground running too. Oklahoma men's basketball. They rebounded in a big way, hit the glass hard and beat West Virginia. We'll talk about that next on today's episode of locked on Sooners. NFL playoffs are here and underway the divisional round. And uh, that means, well, though the NFL regular season is over, there's still time to get in on the action, the NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose the app super easy to use so many different ways to bet like their live same game parlays and if you're curious about what parlay maybe is the right parlay for you we'll take some of the thinking out of it with their parlay hub it's the best way to find popular parlays that others out there uh, are playing so visit fanduel.com slash locked on make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl Several things to touch on here in our third segment. If you're sticking around for the third segment, thank you so much for being a part of Locked On Sooners. Our, uh, we're here every day. Your team, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's start with hoops because coming out of an 0-2 road trip, lost at TCU, lost at Allen Fieldhouse to the Kansas Jayhawks. I think everybody was a little bit nervous going into this uh, home game against West Virginia, but man, Oklahoma showed that they were the much better team on this night. Still turned the ball over way too much 19 times, but still got the 14-point win over West Virginia. Yeah, a big-time response. Let me tell you real quick, Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with Local experts from Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The uh, Locked On Network just keeps getting better. This uh, was a big-time victory for Oklahoma. Obviously, last week, sour taste in the mouth. The TCU game, right, that's the one that you felt like, okay, really would have liked to have gotten. That on the road, obviously, you would have loved to have ended the prolonged streak since 93 in Allen Fieldhouse in what is the final perceived foreseeable future trip to Allen Fieldhouse. But that was because it's Kansas and they're really good. And because that building is incredibly hard to win in, that was the unlikelier of the two. Okay, so you got neither, right? It was a bad week. And uh, this ratcheted up the importance for Oklahoma to come home and beat a team that by record, John, did not look like a great West Virginia team, though. They just got a couple of double transfers eligible. So this West Virginia team in record 
probably is not a true indication of the team that showed up in Norman tonight. They're probably a little bit better than their record indicated, but obviously still just based on the record is what it says it is, and you are what the record says, Oklahoma had to win this game. It was a quad four game, John, just based on where West Virginia is at right now. Now, probably by season's end, we see West Virginia climb up to where this is a quad three victory for Oklahoma, but it wouldn't have been a good loss one way or another, any way you slice it. And so Oklahoma on the two-game losing streak, they end it with, a, I thought, a good performance and didn't really get off to a great start tonight, but they responded. Yeah, they got down 18-12, uh, you know, midway through the or beyond the midway point in the first half, but then went on an 8-0 run, a 14-4 run that put them in the lead and, and they had the lead the rest of the game. I mentioned the 19 turnovers. They forced West Virginia into 16 turn, turnovers and got 16 points. They uh, outscored them in the paint 40 to 24, outscored them in fast break points 13 to 2. When you do that, you do those things, that's going to win you a lot of basketball games. And the big key, out rebounding West Virginia by a lot. They out rebounded the Mountaineers uh, 33 to 19, including 10 to 3 on the offensive glass. So doing the little things necessary and, and just playing winning basketball. Now, got to take care of the ball a little bit better, but I think this is a more physical team than maybe what they've seen to this point. They were playing tough. They were playing tenacious, and that was going to be part of it, but they didn't let the turnovers get them down. They bounced back. They came down the next possession and were able to, uh, to mount enough scoring. Uh, Jalen Moore had a big night, 16 points on 7 of 11, and dude showed off all kinds of athleticism with a couple highlight real dunks. One was a posterizing uh, dunk over a West Virginia player, the other an alley-oop from Milos Uzan. Just an incredible performance from him. And then I thought Otega Owe just played a gutsy gutsy performance. He didn't shoot the ball very well, but then he still ended up with a double-double by the end of the thing. I'll be curious to see what the final game notes uh, look like on this one, the post-game notes, because 19 rebounds for an opponent, I mean, that's got to be one of the smallest figures for an OU opponent in some time, and that's including the Monmouths and whoever's of the world. I mean, for a Power 5 foe, for a Big 12 conference foe, that's crazy that uh, they had that few rebounds. And obviously part of it is because just the circumstances of the game, West Virginia turns the basketball over 16 times. Oklahoma turns the basketball over 19 times. And Oh, by the way, the rest of it, you out rebounded them 33 to 19. So uh, you, you did a great job on the boards, but then there was a f finite number of rebounds to be had because neither team really did a great job taking care of the basketball. So I just a weird box score note. I would imagine that is one of the fewest rebounding totals for a Sooner opponent in, uh, well, if not in a long time, then probably there's not a long list of 20 rebounds or below games for Sooner opponents in, I don't know, the last 50 years. Yeah, Sooners also shot 49% from the field, 33% from the uh, three-point line, and had 10 more free throw attempts than West Virginia. So again, getting to the paint, getting out in transition, getting to the line, that all helped Oklahoma. Last thing we're going to touch on Ted roof to UCF going to the bounce house to be the defensive coordinator for the Knights. Kind of, kind of surprising. Yeah. It, it didn't take long though. Did it for Ted roof to land on his feet. I'm officially campaigning 
for you know how every NFL broadcast now has the cheesy animated graphic moment where like Puka Nakua, it's here, check out these Puka Pokemon cards. I'm now campaigning for the Ted Roof airplane graphic. I want to see Ted Roof flying around the contiguous United States and all the different stops that he's been because my man, uh, he's going back to UCF. He was actually the de- actually was the defensive coordinator there in 2011, but it's just crazy. He's been so many places and good for him. Uh, he, as we discussed a couple of weeks back, it was presented to him the option of staying at OU in more of, I guess, an op field advisory analyst type role and turned it down because he wanted to keep coaching. And so it didn't take long for him to land on his feet and find this uh, gig with UCF. Now, obviously has the connection with Gus Malzahn from their time at Auburn as well. So yeah, the, the connections there, not too terribly surprising that he lands back with Malzahn, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't expect him to be at a power five spot, I guess, or power four spot, I should say. Sorry, Pac-12. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts for free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John9Williams. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>